gian um, a young mother is on the on the path to face with life and if the marriage is broken down we know that there is a way that they practice meditation to to get on the path to get rid of suffering but if they are in the turmoil of family breaking now what can we do to help a young mother with the family broken down is this someone you yes. know my daughter is begin by teaching her yeah. chanting Buddhist and Buddhist chanting that she can do regularly yeah. have to teach her to contemplate the suffering that she might be experiencing <laughs> in her life at the moment uh, use her intelligence uh, faculties to contemplate it in light of the four noble truths that the Buddha taught that all of us when we're born into the world we have to experience different kinds of suffering it's part of human existence um, and to see that there is a way out of suffering it comes through the practice of the teachings and the following the path um, so to help to explain to her what the path is we have the practice of dana, generosity keeping of precepts and living in a moral life, a moral way development of mindfulness, meditation and uh, wisdom that arises from that um, try and explain to her to see this is the correct way to deal with suffering when we experience suffering in life would be um, bringing her to meet Achan to stimulate or, or at least to do up the belief because with the ordinary person, mother like me, I may not have enough to be trust or believe in her to to get her into practicing meeting Achan may be the very the best opportunity for her to to get onto the path of of get get rid of suffering. Of course, yes, it'd be a good thing if you get, she has the time to bring her up and she can listen to some of his Dhamma teaching. Is there a chance or something you can do to ask in the line? There are chants that you can do and special gathas, verses for um, encouraging rain. <coughs> the important thing though, your mind has to be very focused, very concentrated with samadhi for it to really work. Well, I guess that's first. Mm. <laughs> there's no harm in, in trying yeah. out chanting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not sure we have an English translation. We have a Thai, there's a Thai chanting book that has the, the, rain, the rain chant. But um, I'm not sure we have an English translation. I'll have to look into it for you. He knew one monk who lived on a mountain and you know, they were really desperate for water. It was in a drought period and in a mountain you know, all the water flows down below so there was not much on the mountain and the monks were having difficulty living there. So this monk went out into the open line, so an open space where there's no trees and did a lot of chanting right out in the hot sun and strange enough, you know, in a few days it rains so you never know, sometimes these things work chanting, you have to do it repetitively like nine times a good number to do every day for you so nine times a day for <coughs> nine, nine days, something like that really make it firm he was just saying two years ago in his province, it's a fruit growing province in Thailand, a very famous fruit growing area, and they had a bad drought, all the dams were empty, and that really affects the economy of the province there. So 
the water authorities, the governor of the province, they're all kind of like desperate, mm. nothing they can do. So in the end, after all the kind of normal things they could do had been done, they invited all the monks in the province to come together at three o'clock one afternoon, right out in the hot sun and chant. And they chanted the Paritta chanting, which is the normal, ch- normal chants we do on auspicious occasions. And eventually the rain came and saved them that year. It, it did seem to work. Do you know? Do you know any of the Purita chants? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, maybe Bell, you could show him the Puritas. Do a few. Again, is it a Savana? A very auspicious chant. A Savana to Balana. That's how it starts. A Savana. Best of all, is chant outside. Chant outside in the garden somewhere, not in the house. Actually, go outside and chant. It's more effective. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe wait until late in the day when things are cooling down a bit. You've got to get the neighbours having sympathy for you and their help. It says we should contemplate these things. This um, say the external problems of the world that we're experiencing, like climate change, environmental problems. It's quite obvious that as the world changes we get more people people use the resources more and they affect the world in different ways so the effects are seen in the the, the kinds of things we're experiencing some places have flooding some places have drought Um, but it's just a changing of the world over time and the increase in the number of people and you can also compare that with an individual person how we when our own internal mechanisms, organism of the body start to change with age and with different conditions then we can have imbalances come up and we call that illness and in the end our bodies are gradually getting older and degenerating same with the world as a whole, the world is, is getting, as it gets older and we use up more resources as more people than it is degenerating as well and we should contemplate to say well this is the normal way of things and to see that um, when we say the world is developing and we have material development, prosperity that is only on the material level and generally on the level of people's minds there's actually a lot of darkness coming as well misunderstanding or increased say attachments uh, greed and different unwholesome states of mind the word in Pali is loco loco also means darkness as well as the world and it's an old saying in Buddhism that the world develops and the darkness of the world develops with it if we're not careful and you can see many of the old practices that come from Buddhism they're, they're pointing out the dangers and the need to be careful of the environment for instance say like in Thailand there's a famous festival the water festival at the end of um, the three months range retreat it probably comes partly from uh, the awareness of the need to respect water as a resource and there's a water deva, an angel that looks after the water and one people make offerings to that that god, goddess or that god after the uh, during that ceremony but it probably also comes from that awareness of the need to be careful of water or some of the monks rules in the Buddhist monasteries they have rules about looking after the water, looking after the trees, not to cut trees cut down uh, and again, it, it, many of the Buddha's teachings actually point out the need to be careful of the environment and sensitive to it. 
but nowadays often these things get forgotten and we, uh, we carry on developing the world and forget, forget about the need to be careful slightly that future generations are going to face more, much more problems than us because the number of the people will go up the number of resources used will be more so um, there'll be more competition and more stress and the strain on the world and its resources will be seen of course it's not just a modern experience that we sometimes have imbalances in the world in weather, we have drought, we have flooding it has been here always in different forms and even in the, the history of the Buddha's lifetime there was one famous incident where there were two rival clans of people fighting over the river, uh, Rohini River they both wanted to use the water for irrigation and for feeding their populations and they went to war over it, they drew up their armies and they were about to fight and the Buddha went out to actually teach them to stop fighting over it the question was um, for lay people how to deal with this problem that the world is developing materially all the time um, and yet we have to live in the world and how to deal with that so that we're not and maybe contributing to it in an unnecessary way uh, but how to live, live in the world skillfully and Tanajan is advising that um, the Buddhist teachings um, emphasize that uh, on different levels they emphasize one we have to be practical in that we have to live in the world so it's not like we can't uh, consume anything or we can't have anything to do with the material world we do have to be involved with the material world all the time and use various resources for our life but we have to learn one how to be moderate in and know the, the right amount, the right balance for the amount of things that we're using according to the situation we're in uh, you know, our living standards and our, our income these kind of things you have to see what is the right amount what is a moderate amount for, for our use, for our consumption but at the same time on a deeper level you also have to contemplate to see that ultimately material things can't give you true peace, true happiness or uh, they're not going to solve all your problems the important thing is also to practice on the mind, on the spiritual level you have to learn to develop meditation, develop uh, mindfulness and wisdom to bring your mind to peace and the more you do that the more you'll see um, the, the, the role of the material world, you'll have that in perspective and you won't get lost in it, you won't use so many material things or uh, think that they'll be able to solve all your happiness, you'll realize the real happiness comes from developing spiritual qualities inside and following the Buddhist path we are living in this real world that we are surrounded with normal people but we always place respect and look up to the, the Sangha, the monks and when we hear something like an airport have to face with criminal charge about a very serious charge like rape how would we understand is that karma or is that something that even though the monk has more than 40-50 years of practicing how would you explain to us so that we can understand that our way to reach um, a level of 
purity or no karma is a long way because we always look up to to these people and if these people still facing the thing like that how would we think? You have to understand that when people come into the Sangha, ordain in the Sangha as monks they're coming from everyone, just the general public and, and uh, they begin, they might have faith and interest to practice but they also come in with their own karmic accumulations, their own mental defilements, just as we all have. Anyone beginning the practice has to begin like that. And as monks practice, they come into the robes. There are many different situations they'll be in. Some monks are maybe in the city, some are in more quiet places, but uh, many of them might still have to face with what you might call very normal situations where they're meeting people, they're um, getting involved with the world in many different ways so there's always a danger that worldly moves, worldly um, defilements, attachments can come up like that and even though maybe some monks have a very pure or even most monks have a very pure wish to um, pursue the path to reach purity of mind and uh, true spiritual freedom and peace and some along their way they might lose their way they might get caught up in these more worldly um, attachment, worldly moods. Um, the important thing is if that happens and uh, you know, they get, end up making mistakes and doing things in the wrong way then there are processes for dealing with that say in the Sangha themselves they have a process to separate that monk out he has to give up being a monk has to separate uh, them out so that the whole religion the whole Sangha and the faith of the laity isn't ruined by say one individual um, the Buddha gave a simile that if you have a lot of rice, you harvest your, your rice and you have all the rice there, you might have one or two rice seeds that are gone off, you always have to take them out. If you leave them there, then they'll start to affect the whole sack of rice and it will all go mouldy or all go off, so you always take them out. It's the same with individuals, if they lose their way and get caught up in worldly um, moves and behave in improper ways and you have to separate them off from the Sangha because obviously there will be still plenty of genuine good practitioners that you have to protect and the faith of the laity As the ones that you have to separate off if they've, they've done that, they've made those mistakes then you have to contemplate well this is their karma and they'll have to receive the fruits of that the suffering and the, the problems that will arise from the, the mistakes the whatever improper behaviour they've done but to see, to contemplate, to see that you know this is, this is, in the sense that there's going to be things like this sometimes because we're all coming from the same place. We all start off with ignorance, with defilements, and um, the important thing is to protect the religion as a whole. You know, support what we say, the good monks and the good people of the religion to really support them, and you'll get to know them because as you practice. If you are weeding, people are the Sangha is weeding out the bad monks and we're weeding out the bad monks. We'll get to know who the good monks are and we can support them, practice with them, hear the teachings from them. It's just saying we should remember this to contemplate that when people come into the Sangha to ordain as monks, that um, first of all they're just, we say monks in the conventional sense, they're just put on their own shape in their heads, but the mind might not yet be the mind of a monk or someone who's pure. And to a, 
when the Sangha acknowledges this, so they have many um, processes and guidelines in place to try and uh, filter the candidates who come into the Sangha for um, particularly in Thailand the, the Upachar, the preceptor will try to make sure that the candidates who come to ordination are suitable, they've had some training they're, they're appropriate candidates for ordination but of course there are many Upachars, the Sangha is very big so some are perhaps looser than others and the loose ones and they may be led in candidates who aren't so suitable and these candidates they might begin with a pure intention coming to the Sangha but over time their kilesas, defilements might take over their mind and then they can make mistakes but we also have to remember that that's the, that's the way of people isn't it you're not going to get everyone perfect from the beginning perfect right through you'll have different calibers of people different um, abilities different um, levels of, of, of ability just say like in a, an exam so you have an exam in a university or something you know, some people will fail the exam some people will pass but they'll only pass with just a few percent some people pass with an average range score, some people pass with the best score. You never get everyone with exactly the same score. And so monks or Sangha members will be like that. There will be some who are doing very well, progressing very fast, some will be struggling more. Um, but the Sangha normally has in place different processes to deal with them if, if say, a monk falls into um, inappropriate behaviour and the monks come together, they have a meeting and they, as, a, as we explained before, they'll, they'll sort that monk out, take, maybe take them out of the Sangha, they'll have to leave the Sangha. But the difference, say, nowadays is that, of course, particularly in Thailand, the media is very fast. As soon as there's a, some news of somebody doing something wrong, the media will, will spread that news very fast and then um, the process is maybe interrupted or people's faith is already damaged before the thing has been investigated or not uh, before a conclusion has been reached and often people will tend to uh, you know judge the whole Sangha on one one media issue because that's the way people are they tend to just pick on one thing and you say in, in Thailand you know, to put in scandalous news about monks and things it's very people will love to do it they'll, they'll do it straight away but to put in news about a good monk doing good, they won't do it unless you pay them. Mm. And uh, that's, you know, that's the way people's minds are. They tend to focus on the negative and then they spread it. And so many people's faith gets damaged by that. Um, and we have to see, try and look deeper than this. And so you see, you know, don't put all your faith in the individual person, but put it in the, the teachings, uh, the Buddha, the teachings, and the, the Sangha as an institution so that if one monk does fail and has, ends up disrobing you know you don't lose all your faith because of that because there's still many good monks and much good being done in Buddhism um, that te people tend to focus on the negative more and they forget the good and we have to be careful not, not to get lost like that because it will damage our own faith you have to see that you know, there's many different areas of our life where the same is true so you say just look in a big family you say a family with quite a few children it's not that each child will be successful and happy and prosperous. Different children might have different experiences, some might do better than others, and that's the normal way of any group of human beings. Um, one has to learn how to contemplate like this so that one doesn't, oneself doesn't get caught into suffering with the ups and downs of other people and their good and bad karma. Uh, if you can contemplate like this, then you can keep your faith 
and you can see that you know if, if one individual does practice wrongly, makes mistakes, that doesn't mean to say the whole teachings of the whole of Buddhism is wrong or bad. One shouldn't lose one's faith in Buddhism. One should just say, well, that one individual has made made mistakes. when there is sense contact and keep training in that developing continuous mindfulness and the more continuous our mindfulness is the firmer our mind will be this will give us um, the chance to contemplate the sense contact we have and to see it that it's anicca, dukkha, anatta it's impermanent, it's unsatisfactory, it's not self when you see any aspect of anicca, dukkha, anatta you can let go of all the reactions and the sense of self or the attachment that comes with, with sense contact. So your practice is always to build up more mindfulness, more continuous mindfulness, and make your mind really firm so you can see the, these truths clearly. You'll see when mindfulness is weak and the mind is not very clear, then of course we can't see that, then that's when this sense of self starts to form, we become attached and then we end up suffering. So keep practicing developing the mindfulness at that point in sense contact. How many years have you been meditating? He asked. Um, actually, um, because I follow different method, it's thousand years. It's been about thirty years, but because I'm practicing only a couple of hours a day, it's different method, different. Uh, you may say that different um, aim of the dharma. But I just came to practicing according to the Buddha teaching uh, a year or more than about a year. Um, it's just around two years. But I didn't study um, Buddha Sutta for, for quite a period of time. I realized that the other method is not according to the Buddha teaching. So I just switched off to different method. And within two years, I'm talking Practicing to the level of the Buddha teaching that Anabana Sari. And when I realized that, and, and I switched into Anabana Sari and practice more than before, and then I realized that it doesn't matter how many sessions, meditation sessions you practice today, after you get off the meditation sitting, and when the same contact, and you can't get, off, get out the same contact that's arising in your feeling and then it's damaged the fear you've been achieved or accumulated during meditation session so and it's very hard for, for the life or for the household life it's always faced with the same contact because we have to work and the environment is different so I know that I'm 
มาเลยเป็นอาหัดมาเลยรถยึดเป็นสิบไร้ชนะว่ามันอาจจะไปเกิดแค่ข้อหักครับว่าเมื่อลายพีโกอิสิมมอดิสเกตชูคอนโทรลออกสุดซีดักจะฟิลลิ่งไร้ออกนอตไร้ออกนิวจอมโซจิตเซอร์ฮาโซไอวันเดอร์บัสเดอะเซนคอนสัตว์แอดเอฟยูแคนฟาตีสในเดอะเซนคอนสัตว์เอ็ดวิลคอนจูวิลอัพบิ๊กโฮลชันอินเอทแฮปเลสเซอร์ซัมเมอร์ you have to understand that the the way the mind develops in the practice it has to be a gradual development take time we have to be patient but we have to keep putting in the efforts like you've been describing what you do you practice And you'll find, as you put, keep putting effort into your meditation, sometimes that meditation, even though you feel like you know you do your meditation, then when you leave your meditation seat, you might have been very peaceful, had a lot of happiness, but then it all seems to go away again as you get sense contact. You'll find sometimes it will come up, say in your middle of your day when you're not formally meditating like this, but you're just doing your work. You'll still have some mindfulness come back, and you'll feel you have enough mindfulness to deal with the sense contact. When you experience that, then you'll know you'll see the res- that's the result of the meditation you did earlier, say in the day, and all the different meditation you've done in your life. And then also those moments that you have mindfulness arise in your daily life, they will also mean that when you come to sit meditation again, maybe later in the day. You'll find it easier to become peaceful and concentrated because the moments of mindfulness in your daily life are increasing. But you have to give this time. Keep putting the effort in. You'll find your mindfulness does gradually increase over time. Okay. He also said, "What you should do is when you do find your mind is calm, then also contemplate anicca dukkha anatta." Not only of sense contact, but any aspect of our physical body. Contemplate to see the nature of this body in the material world. It's a nature, it's dukkha anatta. This will be giving rise to insight, to wisdom and understanding. <coughs> this understanding will also help to bring up more mindfulness, more states of peace, because it stops us getting too attached to the world. That's why it's it's late. Maybe you have to get away.